Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is November 19th, 2021. It is currently 2.58 p.m. in the afternoon. Not in the morning, in the afternoon. Yeah, it's a little different for me, podcasting while the sun is up. Feels kind of good, actually. So... Why am I podcasting right now? Well, I have a little downtime. Uh, you know, November hasn't been exactly a busy month for me regarding weddings or vow renewals or anything like that, which is great because I can catch up on a lot of my uh, post-production work. You know, post-production for photography, videography, it takes a long time. It really takes a long time. And I'm really proud of all the work that I put out there. And I, I just really want to make sure all of my clients, all of my brides, the grooms, they all look really good. And... With these digital cameras these days, man, they are so sharp that they pick up every single imperfection there is out there. I mean, I can see blackheads that you forgot to squeeze out. I can see plaque on your teeth that you forgot to scrape off. Um, and uh, you know what? <laughs> if it's there and it's noticeable, I'm going to remove it. Because if my client enlarges this picture to a 20 by 30 and puts it on top of their wall... Forever, they'll say, oh my God, I forgot to squeeze out that blackhead. I forgot to, you know, brush my teeth that day. There's a piece of like, you know, um, uh, I guess vegetables stuck in my teeth. Well, I'll get all of that out. And on top of that, people are just a lot more oily during the summertime. So post-production is taking a little bit longer than usual. It kind of usually does. I'm a little backlog, but I'm catching up. So November has been very, very good for me. By the way, I am getting a lot of uh, vow renewals, by the way, uh, and uh, thank you so much for booking with me. I really appreciate that. But I, enough talk about me, enough talk about my wedding business, enough, enough talk about post-production and all, and all that different type of stuff. I want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep, he's innocent. He's innocent. What did I tell you, people? This guy, this kid, this kid, not a guy, he's a kid still yet, right? He was found innocent. And all five counts, every single, every single count out there, every single lie the prosecutor tried to paint, <laughs> the jury did their due diligence, they were brave, they were courageous, and voted the right way. Now, I'm not sure why the process took so long, uh, because it was pretty much a clear, cut and dry case. We saw the video, I made the argument before, the prosecutor did a horrible job. It was almost comical. I mean, I think at one time he started arguing, and I think if you listen to my podcast from before, again, he was arguing that because Kyle Rittenhouse had, you know, <laughs> played Call of Duty, somehow that premeditated this murder somehow, if it, and it wasn't murder at all. At one point, he took an AR-15 that he didn't check if, if it was loaded or not, you know, he didn't even pull back to, to make sure if, there, if it was chambered or not. And he pointed that at the jury. What is he thinking? What was he thinking? I mean, that is like the number one rule of gun safety. You, you always treat a gun as though it's loaded. You only want to point it to someone, you know, if you want to hurt them. Right? So it's just, uh, it, you know, it, it was just insane. And just to let all of you people out there know that, Kyle Rittenhouse was always innocent. He entered into the trial innocent. Remember, he was innocent until proven guilty. And it was 
upon the prosecution's burden to prove that he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And was there reasonable doubt here? Definitely. So again, as, as, as a defendant, you do have a bias of innocence in our justice system, which is, which is great, which is great. And all of your, all of your peers have to vote that they are, you are guilty beyond a reasonable doubt to send you to jail or to send you to the execution chair. You know, so Kyle Rittenhouse on all five counts, 100% innocent, 100% innocent. Anyway, I'm going to cut to commercial. When I, when I get back, I'm going to start talking more about this entire case, my thoughts and everything. I'm sure you have your opinion. I want to also talk about the ramifications of what's going to happen after the case and what I've been hearing from the left, from the mainstream media, from many, many of these quote-unquote protesters out there, peaceful protesters out there, because they're not peaceful at all. Let's make that straight. I'm going to give you my two cents on what's happening, of course, I gotta pay the bills, so I'm gonna cut. I gotta cut the commercial, right? So here's the commercial. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure. You check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. This is scriptwriter Steve chiming in on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. So again, he's innocent, 100% innocent. I love it. It's a good day, everyone. It's a really, really good day. It's a good day for the Second Amendment. It's a good day for Americans. Because Kyle Rittenhouse actually, he represents all of us, right? He, rep- he really represents all of us. Just imagine if you were in his, in his shoes. You're being attacked by a very violent, convicted, formerly con- convicted felon. A child predator, in fact. This is a guy who was... Um, I think James Rosenberg, I think that was his name. He was convicted, sent to prison on 11 counts of assaulting um, little boys, raping them, sodomizing them. He was put to prison for that. And then he had just escaped his, uh, I guess, not escaped, left his mental, uh, I guess, a mental facility or mental hospital. He tried to visit his girlfriend, but he couldn't. I'm not even sure that if that's his girlfriend per se, because... She had a restraining order against him, and then somehow he got over there to, he decided to go over there to peacefully protest in Kenosha. He lit a dumpster on fire, tried to push it into a cop car, or actually did, to try to kill the cops. You know, he had, uh, he had actually tipped over another car to try to prevent cops from, cops from getting into a certain area so they could not put out a fire or, or, con, or, con, or could not extinguish a riot that was actually going on. We're not sure what else he did. And then when Kyle Rittenhouse actually extinguished one of the dumpster fires that he had lit, which, you know, God knows what he was going to do with it once it was lit, he chased Rittenhouse across a parking lot. Now, also, before this happened, he had threatened Rittenhouse and told him that he was going to kill him. He cornered Rittenhouse 
Rittenhouse drew his gun. He grabbed the gun, the tip of the gun, and Rittenhouse fired. What are you supposed? What does? What is the left? Uh, what is the left's argument on what you're supposed to do at this point? Well, apparently the left is saying that you're supposed to give this child molester that gun and just take it like a man. You take a beating like a man. That was the argument that they put forth in the in the prosecution case. You know, why do we have the Second Amendment for? Could you imagine if it was a woman being attacked? What are they supposed to do? Oh, they're supposed to give their gun to the child protect a child predator? You know, this is a man who had no respect for the law, no respect for children. Here he is going to assault another child, and you expect that child not to protect himself? Let's think in context, people. And context is what's missing on those who are pretty much woke, you know, quote-unquote woke, because they're not really woke. They're not really awakened. They're pretty stupid. Their brain is actually sleeping. They're kind of like sleepy Joe Biden, who actually declared on the campaign trail that Kyle Rittenhouse was somehow a white supremacist. And by the way, you know, <laughs> what he said out there to gain voters confidence, you know, to gain votes, was pure slander. And he should get sued up the wazoo. He really, really, really should. Now get this. I just watched this, um, this, uh, this video out there. And I'm going to play a little bit of this because it really pisses me off. Um, this is by, uh, I, I guess, um, it, it's by the NBC Chicago, all right? The woke media there. And they're interviewing, they're interviewing this guy, Travis Grant, who's from the Rainbow Push Coalition, and he's a Jacob Blake's family member. And he wants to know what he thinks of the verdict. All right? And I'm going to play a little bit of it. It's going to be a little long, but I want you to listen to it. Because now, now to put everything into context right here, because again, context always counts when we, when we storytell. The Rainbow Push Coalition is uh, Jesse Jackson's race-baiting group out there. You know, you know, Rainbow Push Coalition, they love to play the race card. And they love to play the race card in front of cameras. And here's what this guy, apparently he got a job because of Jake, Jacob Blake's got, got shot by white police. Now, also, what was Jacob Blake doing there in, over there in Kenosha? Well, when Jacob Blake paid a visit to his so-called girlfriend's house, it's actually an ex-girlfriend's house who he, who he had kids with. And he had an active TRO against him for two reasons. Number one was sexually assaulting her because he would actually get drunk, climb into her window, and then <laughs> sexually assault her. And, 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 it's, and it's pretty graphic. I don't want to get into the graphic details of what Jacob Blake did. Then, then on top of that, he was seen as a danger to the kids. You know, she said, I don't want him next to the kids, and rightfully so, right? Who would want someone who just sexually assaulted you next to the kids, right? So he shows up in a van that's not his, and the kids are in the van, right? He's not, that he's not supposed to see. The cops show up, and what are they trying to do? They're trying to stop an act of kidnapping from happening. They wrestle with Jacob Blake. They wrestle with him, you know, and, and they don't use lethal force against him. And then he walks over to, they walks over to the side of, of his car, of, of the driver's side, opens the door, then reaches in the bottom seat. What was he reaching for? Possibly a knife. He even admitted 
that he was reaching for a knife. And that's... Now, what do we know that maybe under the driver's seat of a car, it could be a gun? And at that point, when you're reaching under there and not, not listening, to, listening to police... I'm sorry, at that moment, a police officer has the right to use lethal force, has nothing to do with race. If any of us would have done the same thing, we would have gotten shot. Why, why did he not just comply? If, we, if he would have just complied, he would have not gotten shot. But apparently he didn't comply. And now the left, the woke media, is making this guy who raped his girlfriend, sexually assaulted, why don't we just say that, sexually assaulted his girlfriend, tried to kidnap his kids, and then tried to reach for a weapon to kill the cops or to hurt the cops, they're making this guy into some type of hero. Why? Why? They're making the person who, who um, uh, I guess in, the, in their uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, the guy who assaulted him, a child predator, into a hero. All three men who assaulted Kyle Rittenhouse are horrible people. Horrible. And they're making, they're, they're painting this fake narrative that Kyle Rittenhouse crossed the, crossed the um, state line. Apparently, it's the only time when Democrats actually care about borders because you never, you know, you never hear, you never hear them complain about illegal immigrants crossing the southern border, right? The only time they care about is, you know, Rittenhouse crossing the border in order to defend his own area, because that's where he's from. His father's, his father's from there. His best friends are from there. He, you know, he works over there, <laughs> right? He's only 20 minutes away from there. I'm only 20, 20 minutes away from my cousin. And my, you know, it's 20 minutes away. It just happens to be across state lines. Who the hell cares? You know, that's so close. While your third shooter... The guy with the gun, I'm sorry, not the third shooter, your other guy who pulled a gun in Rittenhouse, drove an hour and a half down to Kenosha to protest, crossed state lines, and, you know, was really, really far away, was actually, you know, guilty of armed robbery. That's why his, his uh, gun permit was actually pulled. He pointed a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse, and apparently that was done in peace. <laughs> Completely idiotic. I'm hoping the jurors were seeing what I was seeing. I'm hoping you're seeing what I'm seeing. And if you are, that means you're thinking in context. But let's go back to this video I want to play. I'm going to play this video right now. Justin. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm playing some other music here. Hold on. Gonna, um, it's just me here. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to re redo this video here. And here we go. Justin. I, I know that this is not the moment that you expected or hoped to see, but what, what's your reaction for our audience back in Chicago who is hearing this and to the larger community here in Kenosha? What do you want them to know? Assalamualaikum family. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Everybody, please take a deep breath. What we saw here was a terrible, tragic injustice. These young men were trying to support my nephew, Jacob Blake, who was shot in the street seven times in the back and front. So we talk about the three young men who are trying to support his family member, Justin Blake. <laughs> those three young men, he's supporting those three young men who are all criminals and attacking Kyle Rittenhouse. What were they doing supporting? They were burning down Kenosha. Okay, let's think about that. Their children and Anthony was his friend, it almost tore his heart out. He thought by coming out to peacefully protest was the way to handle things until police officers fired 
Uh, Peacefully protest, burning down buildings. Field that we're standing in, which pushed them into Sheridan Avenue and on into the militia. The mayor, the police chief, the people who are running the army have blood on their hands today. This isn't just an attack on African-Americans. I keep saying that. With the thing on January 6th down at the uh, up in D.C. This now it's getting the insurrection involved, right? The quote-unquote insurrection. What does that have to do with this? This is an attack on our diplomacy, on our uh, uh, democracy. So you can sit back and say it's not your people and it's not us. And let the first domino fall. Attack on a democracy? What's the Second Amendment for? You know, again, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Of course, you know, he's very, you know, first of all, he already has a bias because he is related to Jacob Blake, number one, but he's not thinking clearly. And they're choosing to interview him as though he speaks for all blacks, which he doesn't. He does not speak for all black people. Some black people think very, very differently than him. But this is a direct attack on our democracy and republic that we live in. I think a lot of people are concerned about what happens now. What would your message be to the young people of this community going forward as they react to this verdict? Yeah, well, I'm not going to sing no uh, violin song and say be peaceful. I want everybody to try to be as peaceful as they can. But as Martin Luther King said, there's a check out there that's overdue for African Americans. We made this country the greatest country in the world for 300, 400 years of free slavery. We need ours like yesterday. So again, he's playing... The race card, now he's playing the reparations card. So now this is all about reparations. What money does anyone owe this person who's not even suffering from slavery? This guy's not suffering from slavery. He's not being enslaved right now. This guy can be all the man he can be. He's smart enough. He's good looking enough, right? You know, I'm hopefully he has more skills than rather than just being a race baiter. But even in this country, you could be a professional race baiter and still make a living. You know, we don't owe anyone reparations. Kyle Rittenhouse's verdict has nothing to do with reparations or, a, 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 or is it a scar on democracy? It is a celebration of democracy. He went to court. He was presumed innocent before, you know, he was presumed innocent, right? And then it was the, the defense, the, the prosecution did not do their job of proving him guilty. This is the way the court works. It has nothing to do with racism out there. Uh, you know, he actually ended up, he killed three white people. So what does that have to do with blacks? Nothing. This was a crime. This was a, if anything, with, if it had to do with race, it's a white-on-white -white crime. How is this an insult to the African-American community? It's not. Why are they being blinded and saying this is an insult? How does this damage black people out there? I know I have a lot of black listeners out there. How does this damage you? It doesn't. It actually doesn't. You can still go on your very merry, very merry way and be all you can be. I have a lot of black friends. They're smart. They're smarter than me. They make more money than me. They're really good. I have friends who are black friends who are lawyers, movie producers, screenwriters, doctors, business people. <laughs> just not, you know, you can be all you can be in this country. Stop playing the victim card. And I'm talking not to blacks. I'm talking about to this guy. This guy is leading some young children who are out there who are African-American and they're thinking, wow, you're speaking to me. I'm also a victim because this country was built upon racism. It's not. We were, we were once a very racist country, but every country out there was once a very racist country. Do you know that slavery over there in Africa still exists? 
and slavery was, was practiced in Africa. Do you know that blacks, slaves, black slaves were sold into the Atlantic slave trade by blacks? Okay? <laughs> right? <sighs> Every single race out there has been enslaved and has enslaved others. We can't keep blaming. You know, we can't keep living them in the past right there. And you know the really funny thing about this, this guy wants to look back in the past, keep looking back at our country, which did embrace slavery. Which party embraced slavery, by the way? It was the Democrats. So he's part of the party that actually embraced slavery. Doesn't that make any sense? And he's against the party that eliminated slavery. And he's for the party that still wants to implement slavery and still push racist narratives because now he believes that all white people are racist. You know? That this is a travesty that Kyle Rittenhouse somehow got off because he's white. <laughs> and here's the other thing too. He says he's against violence, but he's out there saying that at the same time he's advocating for it in a very, very circular way. He's not really saying go out there and, and, uh, and uh, be, be violent, but he says, you know, he's not going to really stand against, completely against what you call like any type of violent protest out there. But he also said that we need to get what we're owed. What do you need to get that you're owed? This guy makes a lot of money already. LeBron James, look how much money he makes. Oprah, look, look, look how much money she makes. Denzel Washington, all these people. Well, get this. Just to add a little bit more insult to what happened today, you have, okay, get this. I'm going to read this article. The chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee responded to the Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty verdict with a statement that included significant factual errors. And, and he actually tweeted, he tweeted, no justice, no peace. Now we know that's the Black Lives Matter chant. We know that's the Antifa chant. They're both one of the same. So they're saying no justice, no peace. They're saying the Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was not, just, was, was not justified. Therefore, there's no peace. So what is he advocating out there? He's advocating violence over there in Kenosha. Really good job. Really good job. This is the chairman, the Democratic chairman, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney. He just tweeted that out. He's asking for an insurrection. Why is it okay that the Democrats actually get to ask for an insurrection, a real one that burns down businesses, burns down a lot of black businesses, by the way, a lot of, and burns down towns, and none of them get, get put to jail? They get celebrated, and when someone goes out there to try to defend their business and then gets attacked by them, and they actually end up shooting someone because they're attacked by them, you know, they're put to, they're put to like, you know, um, I guess they're actually, uh, have, to, have to go to trial to try to protect their freedom. And while those people out there don't have to even go to jail at all. You know, there's a, there's a lot of police officers who, who got killed. A lot of people who got killed during the Antifa and Black Lives Matter protest. A lot of people looted. A lot of people looted. They're saying, oh, you know, what type of peaceful protest out there, and what type of peaceful protest requires looting a target and getting as many LCD um, televisions as possible and getting as many PlayStation or Xbox games or iPhones or anything like that? I'm sure that's very peaceful. <laughs> oh, people. This is the country that we're living in. And unfortunately, those on the other side of, of my, I guess, my viewpoint are not thinking in context. They're not thinking straight. Like I told you before, everything's a version of the truth. Where do we go from here? Well, I'm hoping 
that is not that it won't be a very violent protest over there in Kenosha. People have the right to express their opinion. People have the right to be up, upset with this verdict. They do. They really, really, really do. But I just pray that people will look at the facts of the case and just think. Slow your, your emotions. Don't react. Don't react. Don't go burn down the next businesses, you know, over there in Kenosha. React. I mean, don't react, think, contemplate. Embrace the contemplate the contemplative mind, right? <laughs> you know, that's what's wrong with America today. Everything is, is sensationalized. You know, the media, they're not thinking. They're leading a bunch of <sighs> blind loyalists. Because again, whatever is put out by the media, whatever is put out by the, the Democratic wing, they just push it out there and they're doing all of this for votes. They're, le they're leading very good people down the wrong path, unfortunately. You know, you know, the really unfortunate thing is that there's not many people who think like us. I think we are in the minority. And when I say us, I mean people with logic, right? People who think logically, people who can actually reason, people who can critically think, not people who just follow. Yeah, and this, again, Kyle Rittenhouse, and the way, the way people react to the Kyle Rittenhouse case is very much how we can pretty much divide the line right down the middle, not between Democrat and Republican, but between critical thinker and non-critical thinker. One, one actually looks at the facts, the facts of the case or looks at the facts that are presented and reasons. The other just thinks emotionally or is so fearful of their own opinion that they look to the higher-ups, the people who they are loyal to, to determine what their opinion should be. And who do they look to? Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, these prosecutors, the media, basically all idiots. So if you have an idiot in charge of your opinion, what does that make you? All right, people, I am out of here. I hope you enjoyed my afternoon podcast. If you are in Kenosha, be safe. Be very, 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 very safe. And if you're in the rest of America, that also applies to you. I'll talk to you later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQTO Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ 2 Movies. Catch you around.